This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Laga Sports. Laga Sports specializes in making 100% custom, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel for a variety of sports, but they're known for the premium quality and creativity of hockey jerseys. They have a one-price, any-design policy. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a simple NHL style or if you're wanting to create jerseys that look like Rebel Fighters from Star Wars. The price will always be the same, and the design of possibilities are endless. Check them out at lagasports.com. That is lagasports.com. L-A-G-A-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Own your look, own the game. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Sunday, May 6th, Cad's back, Hal's back, uh... We're recording this at, what time is it, like 7.30 on Sunday night. So uh, the Bruins have been eliminated from the playoffs. It's going to be it's gonna be a roller coaster of a podcast, I think. Hal, how are you doing, buddy? I've uh, been better. You know, there's nothing worse than, like, it's a 7.30 on a Sunday. And you got to go to bed in, like, three hours so you can wake up for a fresh start at Monday in the office. And your team just got eliminated. <laughs> that, that's that's what you got. It'll be okay, buddy. We'll we'll get through it. I think we'll be all right. Um. Oh boy. Let's NHL the news. Let's go. All right. NHL the news. Uh, we really only have one news story before we go into the playoffs. But uh, Jim Montgomery got hired by the Dallas Stars to be the new head coach there. I don't know much about him. I know that he was on the Rangers list of like coaches to watch. The reason why I put this on here is he was a humane product, and I figured that would get your uh, get you a little bit torqued over there. So, how what, what do you what do you have on Jim Montgomery? This is kind of a softball for you, dude. Like, I know you like this guy. Let, let's let's get the positivity flowing right now. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's a little bit of a pick me up. I like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do the stars have to lose at this point? Nothing's worked. They've had the run and gun coaches. They've had the D coaches. They've run different systems. They always have bad goaltending. That's still, I mean, Ben Bishop has to stay healthy for this team to have a chance. But Jim Montgomery won at every level, you know, AHL legend, <laughs> rode the Classic. buses, national championship in college, played with a guy named Paul Correa. They both put up like 100 points in like 25 games. Pretty cool. He was uh, he was the best man in Kermit Southey's brother's wedding. That's a minus one. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, dude, I think Jim Montgomery is the type of guy that he was the captain of that team. Um, and I think he was probably the best man in every single guy on his team's wedding. Uh, that's how I'm going to spin zone that one, even okay. though that is a rough look. But, I mean, he went to the USHL, won two championships there, coached in college for Denver for, like, five years, won a championship there. I mean, he's won at every level. Uh, so, could be a good move, man. I think, I think the other thing, too, is – if Jim Montgomery goes in there and he just was like, 
I think you just have to have the awareness that, like, you just got to let Sagan and Ben, like, out of their cage. Like, just let them go loose. The rest of the team has to play structured. But, I mean, if he lets Tyler Sagan have the creativity that he wants, like, I think it will work out. No, I, uh, I think the one thing that I love hearing with college coaches specifically is, is you can't get through an analysis with a college coach going to the NHL without using the words – They've won at every level. I laugh every time I hear that. I'm like, it's it's kind of like when you're watching an NHL draft and a defenseman gets drafted and it's like, hey, he makes a great first pass. Yeah, this coach has won on every level. Um, I'm okay with it with the Stars. The Stars have had like those big name like uh, like coaches for how long? For like a, a for a decent amount of time. It kind of seems like they always get like the fucking, oh, this is a big name. This is going to work. Lindy Ruff didn't work. Hitchcock didn't work. Like, this could be, this could be good for them. I just, I don't know. My thing is, I don't think there's really that, like, the coaches that have coached college that are now coaching the NHL, I don't really think have done that much. I'm trying to think. I know there's three of them. I only have two of them on the top of my head. Dave Haxwell with the Flyers, who seems to be an idiot. Uh, the guy who coaches the Red Wings, I forget his name, and then I forget the other guy. But, like... Did Quinn get a job? Who? Did Quinn, did Quinn from BU get a job? Uh, he was on the uh, Rangers like high list, but then he told his buddies that he's just staying in college. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, dude. And, like, I feel like college coaches almost never work out. Uh, but there's always like an oddball. Like, there's a chance. I mean, I, I it's weird, dude. Like, it, where do you pick your coaches from? This is like a very interesting kind of thing to think about. Do you want an AHL guy or do you want uh, a former coach like that already? already like struggled in the league like i always find it tough when you take like a big superstar coach who just got fired from another team to make them your coach like that's always to me like that's worst case ontario like every time like i'll take an ahl coach or a college coach over that yeah uh jeff blasso is the detroit guy i'm pretty sure he was a college coach i think he did north dakota maybe i'm wrong probably should have wrapped this up before i fucking did this uh he was western michigan western michigan and then I, oh, uh, Hackstall was North Dakota, and then I forget the other fucking guy was. But there were definitely three names. I don't know. It could go either way. It's not like he's going into a bad situation. You know what I mean? Like, Ben Bishop's not a bad goalie. They got Klingberg, Mark Mathot's kind of a savage. And then you have Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben. Like, I feel like if I was a head coach and you're like, you have to coach this team, I'd be like, okay, I can kind of maybe fuck with this, right? I mean, th- I feel like uh, there could be way worse places this guy could be coaching. Right, it's not a bad first gig by any stretch, but at the same time, like, it's also kind of a tough situation when you walk into a team that's like teetering on being a playoff team because like mm-hmm. expectations are high at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I could go either way, but uh, that was pretty much all we have in the NHL news. There's other NHL news, but they're kind of specifically involved with the playoffs, so we'll get into it. Playoffs, here we go. Western Conference, Sharks, Knights, the Knights are up three-two, heading to San Jose. I have a couple takeaways from this. Game six is about to start right now. Ryan Reeves was on the ice for warm-ups. If Ryan Reeves is playing for the Knights right now, it's going to be Knights and six, 100%. Guy's going to run people over. Having said that, uh, I love Derek Anglin. Derek Anglin is like fucking like, I don't even know, every single scrum that happens in this series, he slowly skates over with like with this face that like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And the refs don't even have to come over. Everybody just stops what they're doing. Is Darren? Is Derek Anglin always been this nails? Yeah, I mean, he has always been this nails, but he's never been this legitimate of an NHL defenseman. Yeah, like, and that's another thing. Is he good? I'm a little confused. I always thought he was like a 5'6 defenseman, but on this team, dude, he's like, 
I mean, they have a lot of really good young defense around there too, but he's got to be one of their best defensemen. Uh, definitely leadership-wise, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's very weird because before this all happened, Derek Anglin to me was like a seventh defenseman, like, who just fights. He spells Derek with a Y, I'm pretty sure. Like, it was just like Derek Anglin. Like, he, he was a tough guy. And then, like, they go to Las Vegas and he's like the hometown guy because, of course, Derek Anglin lives in Vegas. And I think he just thrived in, like, wearing tank tops and, like, hacking darts or whatever Derek England does. Like, I just think he's in his element right now. And I think he kind of took that I'm the king of uh, Las Vegas crown pretty hard. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I could be totally off on this. Derek England could be, like, a sober Christian. But I get the vibe that, like, Derek England's a fan favorite at the bars. Oh, yeah. Like, but he, he's not on the strip. Like, he's at, like, the biker bar, like, down, like, five miles, like, right off the strip. Yeah. You see, you know that I'm not a big dart guy, but if I was out and Derek England's like, "Hey, do you want to hack a dart with me?" I'd have to say yes. And I would even further that up. I think Derek England, like the Bunny Ranch, wants Derek England to be like their their poster boy. I think Derek England is the type of guy that like he can put like mascara on and he'll look tough. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. He's probably done it a billion times. But that that was my one. Uh, the Sorensen guy on the Sharks is fucking nasty. I don't know where he came from. Him and Thomas Hurdle have been tearing it up in the playoffs. Thomas Hurdle, I think we talked about it last week. We haven't heard his name since he, he KO'd Marty Buran out of the league. But he's been playing good. Uh, Jumbo Joe, I had this down here. Is he going to return? He's not returning tonight. But I just kind of want to get into why, uh, why I think Vegas has done so good. So in nine games played, Marchessault has 10 points. Smith has 10 points. Carlson has nine and then they have Alex Tuck with seven, James Neal with seven, and David Prawn with six. And David Prawn's only played seven games. So this kind of goes into the whole thing where you have teams. And, I mean, you can say it with the Bruins. You had your first line. You had Pasternak, Marchand, Bergeron, right? They're always out there. They're always going to put up points. And the teams that are going to be successful in the, in the playoffs are going to be able to run two lines, and their two lines are going to have to put up points. Those six forwards have all been putting up points. And I think that's, I mean, that's pretty crucial to Vegas' success. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, for sure, if you have a bunch of lines rolling. I think the one thing, and I was never really a question in the playoffs for Vegas of, like, their offensive consistency. Clearly they have, like, three, really four lines that can score goals. Like, they're skilled guys on every line. They all play fast. I think what shocks me the most is that their top lines, and while I understand <coughs> that they're like, very defensive guys, like Wild Bills, like, great in both ends, like, I'm just shocked that they skate with the other team's first lines. Like, that's the one thing that really kind of surprises me is that they're able to skate with them. And, like, usually players of that caliber, uh, they can shut down the other line, but then it's hard for them to go back and score goals. I mean, they're doing both, so that's the part that really kind of rattles me. Um, one other Vegas night that stood out to me, and I think I, I'm not sure you know every, like, player pretty much or fun facts. William Carrier, what do you got on that guy? Because he's been fucking throwing bodies left and right. Him and Bellamar, I don't know what line they're on or even if they're on the same line, but I know they're not on the top two lines, and they're noticeable every single time they're out there. Yeah, I mean, William Carey, dude, was a... Uh, is he Sabres? He's a Sabre. Yeah. And, and, like, so the thing is, is, like, uh, he was always annoying. Like, last year when we played them, I think he was in the lineup every single game, and every game I was kind of like, William Carrier is annoying. Like, mm-hmm. This guy is a pest. He throws the body around. I mean, I'm kind of shocked that it worked because at the same time, like last year, and it's probably a product of the team he was playing on, like when you have 
just trash players around you, it's hard to succeed. So I mean, I guess I shouldn't hold it against them, but I'm a little I'm a little surprised at how well he's playing. Yeah, he's fucking playing really good. And then my last thing with this, uh, I mean, Mark Andre Fleury, he's seven uh, seven and two, one point six eight goals against, uh, nine forty six save percentage. I mean, you want to win a cup, that's the type of goal you want playing that well. Now the issue with that, can he keep that up? Yeah, I just I take one look at Mark Andre Fleury and I just think about that soul patch. I don't know if he's still rocking it or not, but like he's due for a meltdown. Like it's gonna happen. Like I don't he's know. He's playing so well, and I can't knock him. And people are gonna be like, "You're a hater," and it's really surprising because like you like were very anti Mark Andre Fleury, and yeah. now like you're almost like a uh, fan of his. It yeah. seems like at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not buying it. Like I need a Mark Andre Fleury breakdown. I need it yesterday. Like that. That would make my life. <laughs> One more question. With with how the, well they played this year, expansion draft, uh, that terrible shooting before the season started. How pumped are you to see the ESPN 30 for 30 on the Vegas Golden Knights like first year? Because it has to happen, right? I mean. They they have a shot of winning the cup, man. If they win the cup, that may be one of the best sports stories ever. Yeah, I mean for sure. It's just like it will be really cool to see that thirty for thirty. But like, I just know I'm gonna be looking at like a forty year old like David Perron wearing like a turtleneck, just telling me about how sweet a season was. Fedora. Uh, John Bouchagross will probably have a feature in it, and he'll be just showing that meme where every time Eric Hollis scores a goal, he does like the uh, little with Missy Elliott like ha fucking meme in my face. Like, I don't know how cool it would be. Like, it will definitely. It's such an unreal story, and it's just like that soccer team, Leicester City. Like, if they win it, it's on the same level to me. Like, it's insane what they're doing, but they're just not like a group of guys like Cody Egan. Red hair. <laughs> right yeah, no, I agree with that. So that's what we have. Oh, uh, I just want to say, though, they better win tonight because game, if it's game seven in Las Vegas and Joe Thorne steps on that ice for warm-ups, you're in a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not a betting man, but I think if Joe Thorne, if it gets to seven, if Joe Thorne steps on that ice, I'm just throwing units at the wall. I'll just empty the <laughs> bank account because I need that guy to have a big game seven in Las Vegas, which I'm sure is a town he loves, because it would just be the perfect story. They're doing the walkout right now, and uh, Blake from Workaholics is opening the door, jumping up and down, <laughs> doing jumping jacks. So. <laughs> Dude, the sharks, the sharks have like a cool thing with that. I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't know. All right, moving on. Next series, uh, Predators Jets. Um, my Jets are up three two right now. Uh, Couple things to take away. They won on Nashville's home ice. What a fucking joke that was. Oh, Nashville's home ice is the best home ice in the league. 6-2. In your face. Let's fucking go. Last game, Kyle Connor, two goals and assists. Blake Wheeler, three assists. Dusty Buffs, goal and assists. Ehlers, two assists. Mark Scheifele, a goal and assist. And Patrick Line with an assist. Though the big guys are wheeling and dealing right now. They're going back to the whiteout. It's it's over, Preds fans. See you later. One thing to take away from this, everybody's been talking, oh, Pekka Rene, it's the best goal in the NHL. Oh, Pekka Rene. Played 11 games, has been pulled three times. 322 uh, goals against, 898 save percentage. The Predators are done, dude. Take your catfish, go home. Goodbye. 
I'm so mad at myself that two weeks ago I convinced you to jump on the Winnipeg Jets bandwagon. Uh, right now, Cad, dude. My team may win the cup. I don't know. I think I think the Predators... I don't think the series is over by a long shot. Uh, I mean, Pecorino's got to be better. He's got to be better. I, there's no real excuse for that. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. It just seems like the Predators have more scoring, or the Predators do not have more scoring. The Jets have more offensive weapons, and I think that I think the one thing that people really slept on was the Jets. D. like, at the end of the day, Dustin Bufflin's really showing up. You should be pumped for Ty- your boy. It's like top to bottom. Isn't Tyler Myers on like their third? Pair? Tyler Myers is playing fucking great, dude. Jacob Truba's playing like a kid who wanted a contract, got the contract, now he's fucking earning it, dude. I'm telling you, man, this Jets team is a team to be reckoned with. This, they're the best team in the NHL. They're going to win the fucking Stanley Cup. I'm, I may have to make a trip out to Winnipeg for when they have the parade. That would be unbelievable. I don't know where Winnipeg is, but something to figure out. I, I just love this. Just because, like, you've always kind of, like, had a soft spot for the Predators, and now you're just white out, white out cat. White out cat. All right, moving on. Eastern Conference. Caps, Pens. Caps are up 3-2 right now, man. A lot of things happened in this series. Tom Wilson got suspended on a hit. Uh, wow, a hit with Zach Aston Reese. Uh, I mean, he hit Duma. There was so much shit going on. Wilson got three games. When Wilson got three games, I was like, "It's fucking over." The Pens are gonna win the next three. Over and done. Now Caps up three two, dude. Heading back to Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's gonna win, but it's gonna be interesting because I think it'll be back to Washington with Tom Wilson in the lineup, which is a little scary. Nicholas Backstrom got hurt at the end of the uh, last game, but he's expected for game six. Phil Kessel, they're saying he may be hurt. Not too much detail there. Whatever. The, my one takeaway from this is this is setting up for one of the best epic Capitals meltdowns of all time, and I can't wait for it to happen. What do you have on this? I don't know. Um, I'm really kicking myself because... Our last podcast or the one before, my heart was telling me to pick the Capitals in this. I picked the Penguins. I just think, I just think eventually, like the luck and the well runs dry. Like it's just statistically speaking, the Penguins are going to lose a series. I'm not even like I don't have any kind words for the Capitals. Um, I mean. The Capitals have guys that are producing. Like, if Jacob Verona's scoring goals, you're in good shape. TJ Oshie kind of looks like Mr. America. He's been playing pretty well. Uh, Tom Wilson, who we'll get into in a second. I mean, he has his fingerprints all over the series. You can't deny that. And then Braden Holpe's Braden Holpe again. So, uh, I know and you know that, and we've talked about this. I have you on record at this. Matt Murray is not a goalie that you look at the other end of the ice and you get scared. Um, a lot of times when... The Capitals in the past were losing to the Penguins. They were look or in the playoffs in general. They were looking at like Henrik Lundqvist or uh, on Mark Andre Fleury, like goalies that can get hot and you get scared when they get hot. Like I don't think that's Matt Murray. No disrespect to him. So I, it will be super interesting. I'm actually like kind of surprised. I hate watching this series because both these organizations make me sick to my stomach um, for reasons that I can't even explain at this point. But I actually think the Capitals are going to close this out. <clears throat> I mean, I really don't. You have pens in six, by the way. I have pens in five. 
Um, uh, well, we got to talk about Tom Wilson. Well, that we have a that's one of our Twitter questions, so we'll just wait until then. <laughs> All right, and then last series, man, Bruins Lightning, Lightning one and five. Uh, so I woke up this morning and uh, I was hanging out with the sheriff, and the sheriff has the balls to tell me that he called Lightning in five. I'm like, when? Oh, I did it a week. No, you didn't. So my my dad just made that up on the spot. Just trolling everybody. There's a lot to take away with this. Uh, we'll talk about the Martian thing with Twitter questions too, because that was another one in there. But for my takeaway, I feel like the refs just really fucking sucked this series. And it's not just against the Bruins. It was it, to me, it was both ways. You never really knew what the fuck was a penalty, what wasn't a penalty. I think the Bruins got eaten alive with uh, with injuries. And to be honest, like, I think they just look tired, man. They looked gassed. You watch the Tampa Bay, you watch Point and all those guys wheeling around. It looked like the Bruins just couldn't keep up, which was, like, I don't know, really fucking weird. Uh, I didn't get to watch a game today because I played an open skate. Was Holden in the lineup? Yeah. How did he do? Surprisingly, like, no mistakes. Right. Nothing good. <laughs> Nothing good, but no mistakes. All right. Um. I mean, I I was not expecting that five games, man. Like, uh, I I just don't know. Backus pretty much got killed. Tory Krug, that ankle injury looked terrible. And I, again, I didn't watch the game, but I saw everybody on Twitter like tweeting out, "Can you please stop showing the Tory Krug injury because it's disgusting?" So I guess they just kept showing that. Uh, what what do you have on this? I mean, my team wasn't in the playoffs, so like the band aid was pulled off a long time ago. Now it's kind of like, I mean, what do you have? You were super confident. I remember you saying that you were more confident playing the Lightning than you were the Leafs. Yeah. Like, wh like, what went wrong? And before you get into it, I really don't think this is on Tuka Rask at all. I don't know if there's Boston fans out there saying that it is, but that, that, that's all that I got. What do you have on that? Yeah. So the Tuka thing, I agree. I think I think at the same time, though, he didn't really help himself even hurt himself like he he just is like right in the middle kind of where he was before the playoffs um yeah he didn't he didn't steal games which i, I i'm sure you wish that happened but he i don't know i don't know what do you have I mean, the, light, the lightning had so many good chances i uh yeah dude and i still stand by the fact i thought it was a better matchup than the leafs like that's what kind of surprised me the most is that we were in a track meet with the maple leafs or like a very fast team and we kept up and pushed the pace and we pushed the pace on the lightning all year and we couldn't uh, I think in the key to this series was just depth. Like we had secondary scoring go dry. I've been pumping the fourth line fourth line's tires all year. They had to get split up because the third and second lines weren't producing, and that created issues. Like it, it just came down to depth. Like when we were at our best, the fourth and third line they were getting the puck in, they were cycling and they were keeping the puck in, and then our first and second lines were coming on the ice in the offensive zone. Every single shift, that was the key of the Bruins. Like all year, push the pace, forecheck, and we couldn't push the pace. We couldn't forecheck or sustain anything. So, I think that I think that was kind of the key to it. I was kind of pissed too. I was just kind of wondering where the bang was. Like all year long, when the Bruins played the Lightning, they physically dominated them, and it, it got turned. It got turned on them pretty quickly in this series. I don't think like they. Should, shied away but they just didn't respond when they wanted to like even though the leagues change a little bit when the Bruins have been the successful in the playoffs like they're taking penalties because they're punching guys in the head after the whistle like as dumb as that sounds for me to say right now because the Lightning have such a good like power play I wish they punched more guys in the head of the whistle and got more penalties for it like 
I, I was sick of seeing Pocket run around. I just wish somebody sucker punched him. <laughs> but like, I like I just felt like JT Miller hit. It was pretty much a clean hit. I mean, they went head to head, but like Somebody's regardless, step up like there. I would have liked someone to just clean him up. Yeah. Like I I don't really care. Like we have nothing to play for. Maybe we like take a penalty and we have a penalty kill, but then we have a lot more momentum. So I wish they played with that like toughness. Um, Which is kind of crazy because that's kind of been the Bruins' bread and butter for years. It kind of—I think you're right. They kind of—it was almost like they were like spectators, like they weren't like, uh, I guess, involved. I don't—I don't know. I knew that I knew that you guys were in trouble when one of the additions to the lineup was Brian Gianta, and I mean, I, didn't it wasn't the game winner because Gianta wasn't covering the guy in front. I don't know. That game winner pissed me off because of that call that was one of those calls that really irritated me in the series um that they, they made that call with such little time left in the game the third period i just or they didn't make the call rather on the mcavoy so i'm sure he was probably in there somewhere. oh the stamp coast play yeah so i don't know if we're talking about the same play no i was talking about the overtime goal uh, uh two games ago was it two games ago? Yeah. I don't. I don't know, man. Honestly, as soon as the puck goes in on an overtime goal, I black out. And I don't remember anything. Yeah, dude, that McAvoy thing was bullshit. He clearly went down, and then, I mean, that was <laughs> as a as a Bruins fan, you had to have been fucking just screaming because I don't know what I would have done if that happened to the Rangers. A blatant penalty. Puck goes right to the other guy to stamp goes for a goal. Like a second later, that that was kind of a rough look. So, just like two more things, I just gotta wrap up my Bruins season. Rick Nash. <laughs> oh, that's over. Rick Nash, dude. That that's so, Rick Nash. No, please, please, just I know it is, dude. Just let me talk. So today, in the middle of the game, after the second intermission, there were there was debates on whether Rick Nash is good or not from Bruins fans. The half of the Bruins fans were saying, "Oh my God, he does so many good things with the puck," and the other half were saying, "Is he doesn't score goals." It was like, "Oh my God, I think I've seen this before." But that's not my <laughs> takeaway on Rick Nash. Here is my issue with Rick Nash. I don't care that he doesn't score a lot of goals because he does do those things. That is not the point. The issue with Rick Nash is that somehow when he gets the puck in the offensive zone, 30%, 40% of the time, it ends up in an odd man rush the other way within five seconds. Mm-hmm. He always, like, his shots get blocked, they're going the other way. He wheels a puck on net, they're going the other way. He misses a pass, they're going the other way. Like, he leads to transition for the other team nonstop. Like, that's my issue. Like, the other things don't bother me. His goal scoring, I didn't expect it out of him, but that was the glaring thing is, like, he took possession away from the Bruins time after time. Did you agree with that as a Rangers fan? Like, uh, he, I mean, yes, like, and, yes and no. I think maybe because – honestly, no, because when he was on the Rangers, he – you said that was 40% of the time. 100% of the time, Rick Nash would get the puck and skate it directly into the corner. Like, there was no, oh, it's the Rick Nash show kind of thing. He's going to try to make a move. He got the puck, he went to the fucking corner. Or he'd do, like, the spinorama where he put his ass in front of you and the, and the defense was just like, what are you doing, dude? You're taking yourself out of the play. You're a fucking idiot. Um, I, I, I really hope he doesn't go back to the Rangers, man. I'll be so fucking mad if he's a Ranger sure. again. But So... Just, like, wrap up my Bruins season. This is a real tough one for the boys. Um, Oh, side note. This is a side one. I want your take on this. So the Bruins do this, like, honorary banner-waving, like, flag-waving thing before the game. Yep, Pedro Martinez. 
Yeah, Pedro and like Teddy Bruschi and all of these sports legends. <laughs> like, Bruschi. get them the fuck out of my face. Like, I am so over that. I don't want them waving the flag. I would rather have like, I don't know, give me like Hal Gill or like Nick Boynton or like Jeremy Reach. Give me like Bruins. just some former Bruin yeah. or like let me dig up the corpse of like Dick Clapper and like get him on the ice. Like, I don't, like, I hate when it becomes this celebrity, like, fan fest at the games that I'm watching. It's, I don't know why, and this is probably a really thing, that dumb thing to get mad about, but it pissed me off. <coughs> um, I can agree with that. I think, but here's the thing, like, I feel like true fans would agree with that, right? Like, guys that have been going to the Boston Garden for how long, if they see, like, PJ Stock waving the fucking flag, they know who PJ Stock is. But, like, the newer fans, like, they're not going to know that. So, they're like, okay, let's get Pedro Martinez. So, I can kind of see where they're coming yeah. with there. But at the same time, if the Rangers were in the playoffs, dude, and they had a game going on, and they, and they threw out Essa Tikkanen or, like, Darren Langdon or Peter Pruka, Jed Ortmeier, and they're waving the flag, I would be torqued. But, like, I can dude. see why they would want to get, like, Aaron Judge or, like, fucking Saquon Barkley or like whoever. I can see why they do it, but I agree with you. I'd be way more happy to see Essatican and waving a Rangers flag than like Aaron Judge. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. But I my prediction at the beginning of the year, I said the goal for the Bruins was win one round. They did it. So I guess <laughs> I can hang my head on that. The thing that sucks is they had such a great season, so it kind of got my hopes up, but they're kind of where I thought they were. In their kind of like rebuild on the fly, uh, yeah. it reminds me a ton of like '09. Like Wheeler and Kessel were starting to get hot, and we had this unreal like regular season. We got bounced by the Hurricanes, I think, in the second round. Scott Walker one punched Aaron Ward, and then we lost the series. Uh, and it just kind of feels like that. Two years later, they won the cup. Like I'm a realist. I know that our core is getting old, and like Bergeron, Marshawn, they have like two years left of that like real core, but like. DeBrusque took steps forward in the playoffs big time. Pasternak was a stud. I'm pumped about him. Pasternak's unbelievable. Our best defenseman the like, last two games was McAvoy, and he had been struggling. I think it was that injury had to have been nagging because he showed up. So, I mean, the future's bright for us. I can't, I can't be super upset because at the beginning of the year, no one thought the Bruins were going to be what they were. No, I, uh, I can agree with that. I'm all right with that. But that was our NHL in the News playoff edition, rendition. Moving on, Twitter questions. Good. Yeah, trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. Twitter question time, here we go. <coughs> Nick Billick, Billy Billy 412. What are your thoughts on Brad Marchand and the NHL officially warning him to stop licking people? I'm going to go I'm gonna go get some caffeine. You leave this bad boy off. All right, so here's what I have for this. He did it in round one against Komarov. People were a little bit upset. Nothing was done about it. Second round, he does a Duran Callahan, and all of a sudden, people are all up in the all up in fucking arms. Oh, Brad Marchand, all this shit. This could have been easily solved in the first round when they were just like, "Hey, Marchand, don't do that anymore. Stop licking Komarov, and or we're gonna do it. Like we're gonna give you a penalty." They didn't do that. Goes into round two, and now they have to address it. Am I a fan of Brad Marchand licking people? No. Do I understand why he does it? Absolutely. If you're on the ice in the Stanley Cup playoffs and some dude licks you on your face, human instinct is I'm going to fucking murder this person. It's not even I'm going to punch this person in the face. Like, I physically want to fucking kill this guy, right? 
And you get penalties, and you're drawing a penalty. So it's all head games. I get that part. The whole sexual assault thing, shut the fuck up, dude. There's no sexual assault. He licked the guy's face. It's not like he went out and fucking, like, banged Callahan. That's not what happened. So all those fucking, I don't know, keyboard warrior, hardcore left assholes, shut the fuck up, dude. It's, it's not sexual assault. It's Brad Marchand trying to get into the head. Having said that, if I'm on a team and some dude licks some other guy, I'm probably on the bench being like a little weirded out about it. And then even furthermore, Ryan Callahan has to stick up for himself. You can't get licked in the face and just fucking stand there. And that brings it back like, yeah, the NHL probably should have done something to Martian or whatever. But it's also on the players. If Brad Martian's out there licking people, he should be getting fucked up. And I think hockey 10, 15 years ago... If Brad Martian did that, Brad Martian would be a dead man. And it's not like that anymore because everybody's fucking soft and everybody has fucking feelings and shit. So overall, was Brad Martian at fault? Yes. Was the NHL at fault? Yes. Was every player on the ice that allowed that to happen? Is that their fault? Yes. It's everybody's fucking fault. People stop bitching about it. Oh, Brad Martian's a rat. That's like the... Like, figure something else out, man. That's getting so fucking old hearing, oh, Brad Marchand's a rat. Brad Marchand, is he a rat? Yes, but he's also a fucking really, really, really good hockey player. And he does what he needs to do to win. He thought that's what he had to do to win. Didn't work out. Kind of weirded everybody out, to be honest with you. But, like, this is such a non-story. Like, who really gives a shit? That's kind of what I have. What do you have on that? Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I thought... I just stopped paying attention to it on the internet because it was upsetting me. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in the sense that, like, after that first one, after that first game uh, in the playoffs when he did it, someone tweeted, like, the NHL is going to talk to Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand openly mocked it. It was like, no one talked to me. Like, this is a lie. Like, like, That's a flag for the NHL. The NHL should have been like, okay, let's talk to him. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's your sign, NHL. Like, he's literally, like... He thinks it's funny and no one's doing anything about it. So he's going to keep doing it until you, t- you tell him to stop. He found something that he thinks really pisses him off and the NHL looked the other way. And so he continued to do it. So, I mean, that's, I don't know. Like, Is it weird? Yes, it's absolutely fucking weird. Is it gross? It's, it's gross. I understand why he's doing it, though. He's trying to fucking piss this guy off to take a penalty. I completely get that. But either that guy's got to do something or somebody on that guy's team has to fucking step up and fucking fight that guy. That's the only way you're going to get him to stop unless you have the NHL fucking do it. And I don't know, it's dumb. One one thing, Jimmy Murphy. Murphy's, Murphy's lost 74. Brad Marchand, no shots on net in game five. The biggest game of the year was a complete distraction to his own team and, and not his opponent. Needs to once again decide who he wants to be in the NHL and what his legacy will be. Um... Jim, I can kind of understand where you're going with that, man, but, like, I, I mean, yeah, as, as how do a you know? Fan, as a fan, all I had to do to ignore it was not look at Twitter. Like, all, like, I told you this before, like, do you think Patrice Bergeron and, like, David Backus and Zidane Chara were like, oh, my God, how am I going to focus for this game when Bradley's licking people and people are talking about it? Like, like it was not a factor in the Bruins. Like, it wasn't this huge sideshow that just brought it to a crumble like when there were rumors of like jeff carter and like other people like each other's wives and stuff like that's something that can kind of crumble a locker room but like when you just have a player doing something weird on the ice like that doesn't make anything that less effective i do want to just say um 
Ryan Callahan, who is now Pierre Maguire's favorite player behind Sidney Crosby. Um, He's definitely a huge Ryan Callahan fan now. I don't know if you knew that. He works really hard. Always knew that, dude. You you know what junior team Ryan Callahan plays for when he's on national television. <laughs> so, my thing my thing with this though is like Ryan Callahan started as a New York legend, then he wanted a big contract, and they were going to resign Girardi instead, and this and that. He got traded. If he doesn't win a cup. His lasting legacy is going to be Brad Marchand licking him in the face. Yeah. And I would thoroughly enjoy that. Yeah, my, my ex-girlfriend lived in Rochester and Callahan lived two houses down. And if you were like, hey, Jimmy, you've met Ryan Callahan before. Do you think if anybody ever licked him in the face, he'd do anything about it? I would have said no. It's like the least shocking thing ever. Ever. So, a little, little behind the scenes. Uh, second question from Bunny Doxy and Bethany Human. Zip Spin Spooner. Uh, how do you feel about the Tom Wilson suspension? I think it's eerily similar to the Brad Martian situation. Tom Wilson's been running around hitting people for how long, right? The entire playoffs where it was like, eh, it could have gone either way. The NHL could have stepped in almost immediately and like suspended him a game, fined him, did something where it's like, hey, we're fucking watching you. They didn't. And, you know, the weirdest part is that hit on that Reese guy, that was probably like the, the least like worst-looking thing that he had done in the playoffs up until that point. And now that that happened, now they're like, okay, now we have to do three games. This is just the NHL dropping the ball on things that could have been squashed fucking so much earlier. Do you agree? Yeah, and I I kind of have a weird take here because Tom Wilson is a scumbag, but I'm starting to kind of get him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, in the sense that, like, in the NHL today, when you think about, like, the guys who are throwing big hits a lot of the time – they're like 5'11", 195. Like, the difference between, like, Tom Wilson and, like, Ryan Callahan is that Tom Wilson's a man-child. He's huge. He's mm-hmm. 6'3", 225. He's, like, he's like kind of like Gronk of our sport, like, in the sense that he's big and he's fast. Like, there's nobody else that really has that combination right now. Yeah, but he's also, not, around he's like also not nearly as good as what Gronk is. Let's squash no, that before that. Not in any, not in it. any sense. But like the actual physical specimen sort of thing. It's just like I think, I think like fighting has such a good like outlook right now in the NHL because I honestly think the reason that refs are blowing so many games and we're getting in all of these Twitter discussions and everything else is because. We took fighting out of the game for the most part, and now it's in the ref's hands. Like, before it was in the player's hands. You do something, you get your face beat in. That's not there anymore. And I think, like, these Tom Wilson situations where they're waiting for him and, like, he keeps doing it and doing it, and then finally someone gets injured and they pull the trigger. If someone is on the other team and was just pummeling his face in and there's no instigator penalty and you could just, like, rub his face into the ice, he might do it the next game. But, like, chances are I don't think it happens. So... I don't know, man. Like it just <coughs> the NHL's fault again. I think I think you were right on that. Like the NHL really needs to figure it out. And then last Twitter question from Southpaw Four or Southpaw Fourth Line Voice. Voice, check out their podcast. This guy's fucking nails. Uh, fourth Line Voice is all about old school hockey. Fuck the one piece sticks. What are some of your boys' favorite wooden sticks? You have an answer for this? Yeah, back in the day, it was the Montreal for sure. Um, I love the Montreal stick. I used the wooden stick. I was probably the last kid on my team to have a wooden stick. 
I used to go up. There was this place. Oh, man. Someone, Russo's in uh, Montreal, if I'm wrong. I think I think they're all over Quebec. Uh, they were like the sickest hockey stores. It is. It's Rousseau, I think. Regardless, you go down in the basement, and there would just be thousands of Montreal sticks. And they're so heavy, and they had the most ridiculous curves that as like an eight-year-old kid, you could just rip bar. So I love the Montreals back in the day. I also just – there's two other sticks you got to think. It's like that Sherwood. It's that classic Sherwood that everyone has for, like, roller hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, like, the Christensen, like, red, white, and blue, like the ones that they used on, like, the 1980 team with the stars. That's probably the all-time classic. Mm-hmm. I would agree but I had, so I had But I had a Montreal wooden, and it was – it had, like, the most ridiculous curve. It almost came, like, to a U-shape. And it was, they painted it. They literally just took, like, house paint and painted it red. So it weighed, like, 45 pounds. The thing was sick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think I I think my putter for golf is actually, like, an old, like, CCM wooden stick. Never forget the time I got par on a par three, putted it in with a wooden yeah. stick. So never forget. Uh, thanks for the Twitter questions. Now we're going to move on to the Paddy B Hotline. Hey, this is the Patty B Hotline, brought to you by the Morning Skate. Patty B's been sleeping. Patty B is not leaving us a voicemail this week, but we do have Big Dick Rick, so here we go. Hey, guys, it's Riku over from Twitter. Uh, so I was wondering, what do you guys think is going to happen with the Rangers come end of the, end of the season, becoming part of the free agency and the draft? And do you guys think the Rangers go for a younger coach or did they go with a veteran coach that has a chance to solve this team out and who becomes the captain Zuccarello or do you give the badge to maybe stall since he's one of the longer tenured Rangers I wonder what you guys think hope you guys have a good stall you want Mark Stahl to be my fucking captain get out of here okay let's start from the beginning we have a lot going on this offseason we still haven't hired a coach I'll answer that real quick we need a young coach. I don't want this old fucking coach. If you had to pick one, I'm going to go Sheldon Keefe. He's currently coaching the Marlies right now. I think the Rangers are really high on him because I knew that they were high on Montgomery, but <coughs> clearly Montgomery went somewhere else, so I'm thinking the Rangers, that was kind of their all-in. Captain. I don't really know who's going to be the captain because I have this really, really dark thought in my head that Zuccarello is not going to be a Ranger by the end of the draft day, which fucking kills me. I really hope that doesn't happen, but absolutely not Mark Stahl, dude. Like... I, I was I was kind of pumped that you called in. If you're going to call in again, just don't mention that guy's name. Uh, and then, I mean, I, I think we just got the 26th overall first-round pick because the Bruins are gone because so we have the Bruins' first-round pick now. So we have that. We have the ninth overall pick and hopefully the 31st because hopefully the Lightning win the Cup. Maybe they move up. I'm not entirely sure. There's a lot of questions going on with the Rangers right now. I don't really know if I answered any of your questions. Yeah, I did. Sheldon Keefe, Mark Stahl can go fuck himself, and that's kind of what we're going. Do you have anything with the Rangers? <laughs> I hope they name like Kevin Hayes captain or like won't happen. Jimmy Jimmy VC's like <laughs> leadership. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think you'll see a Rangers captain next year. And if it starts panning out and he has a good year this year and actually really starts taking some sort of leadership role, I could see maybe Chris Kreider at some point. But Rangers, why not give it to Zuko? Why don't they just give it to Zuko? Because everybody's been talking about how Zuccarello's is going to get traded and shit like that. I would love Zuccarello to be captain. Like, everything in my fucking body, heart, soul, all of that wants Zuccarello to be captain. I just don't see it happening because that's what I really want. 
there. You know, it's just like a life thing. Life, you know. Jimmy wants something? <laughs> nope. Yeah, just hope. Just hope that like uh, Trotz. Who's the coach in? Uh, yeah, who's Washington's coach? It's Trotz. Just don't hope like if Trotz loses, he like becomes your coach or something like Barry that. Barry Trotz or like Randy Carlisle. I'll fucking kill myself. That'd be brutal. <laughs> All right, thank you for the voicemails. If you guys get a chance, check out. Give us a call. It's 518-309-2595. That is 518-309-2595. Now moving on to, uh, now presented by Laga Sports, uh, Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Hey fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here. All right, here we go. Hero and Zero week. Uh, you want me to go first or you go first? You can go, dude. All right, so my Hero of the Week goes to the IIHF Hockey Tournament. I used to hate this shit because the USA would get beat because Jimmy Howard was in net all the time. And the Rangers were normally in the playoffs. But now that they're out of the playoffs, I get to watch Leah Anderson, get to see Philip Heedle. Zibinijad's been tearing it up. Chris Kreider's been tearing it up. I mean, I still get to watch a couple of the Rangers play, so I think my Hero of the Week would go to that tournament. I know it's not a tournament that fucking matters at all, but it's just kind of nice to see some players, some of my players play. Who's your Hero of the Week? Uh... Yeah, I, did. I haven't paid attention at all to IIHF. I do just want to throw a shout out, just a reminder from everyone from World Juniors, that Scott Darling, better he better show up if he's going to wear oh, this yeah. pad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Because you cannot wear the flag of our wonderful country on your pads if you're going to suck. So Well, well he's, also, he's the backup goalie right now, too. We have fucking Chipotle emoji man Keith Kincaid as the starter. Oh, you must be loving Team USA. Yeah, I... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll try to catch a game now that the Bruins are out. But They're actually not that bad. You get to see Brian Gibbons wheel around on the fourth line, dude. So that's my hero. I'll do my zero, too. My zero of the week's Doc Emmerich. Shouldn't he be doing every single playoff game? It seems like he's only doing the Penguins playoff games. What's that about? Aren't you supposed to be, like, the hockey announcer? Wouldn't you want more? you want more? I like Doc Emmerich, dude. I, when Doc Emmerich's, like, announcing a game, I'm like, okay, this game fucking matters. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I I don't know. What I really don't like, and I understand why they do it, but I hate how the one group of announcers does one, like, series, or they, like, yeah. maybe rotate one guy in. Like, I wish they, like, rotated so you heard a different voice every game. I want to hate like, that. Like, I don't know. Like, the Bruins had Pierre for the entire series, every single game. Like, it's rough. Like, I, I don't even like Eddie Olchek uh, as an announcer. I know you're an Eddie Olchek guy, and I get why people like him, but he was like a breath of fresh air for me, and I and I never, I never thought I would say that. So, I don't know, man. I'm right there with you. I totally get your point. Um, I'll go Hero of the Week, Yakupov. It's going back to Russia. I mean, for a second, I thought he was going to have, like, a big comeback here. He had a couple points on the Avalanche, like, 15 games in. Didn't work out. One of the biggest busts ever. But he's going to sign with Akbars uh, and their rival. I have no way I'm going to say this. Nemta Hakema. Okay. Uh, how was that? That sound good? Been there. Yeah. I thought I, I thought I did a pretty good job at the end, really, like, pronouncing that uh, age. Well, the rival of the team he's going to sign for, his dad is the GM of the rival team. Uh... So basically, his dad's out there trying to make a paycheck. Uh, I guess the story goes that Akbar has a lot more money to give, 
and I understand like why he's doing it. I'm sure his dad gets it, but at the same time, your dad's over there trying to win a championship. He's got this NHL stud coming back, and his, his son's like, see you, pal. I'm going to go take more money and beat the piss out of your team six times a year. Yeah, fuck you, dad. Yeah, he's like every kid who learns skateboarding in middle school because they're upset at their dad. Yeah, man. Nail Yakupov has seen a fucking skate park a time or two. Do you think people say Nail Yakupov's a good guy? What vibe do you get from Nail Yakupov? Fucking like, honestly. He's weird, man. He's Russian, but he speaks perfect English. I wouldn't trust him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what My I got. Zero. My zero of the week is Francois Laurent, uh, one of my least favorite refs in the league. Uh, real sob story. Broke his collar bone in game four, and he ref the last nineteen forty eight with that broken collarbone. Get over it. Who cares? He had a job to do. It's not like refs are taking body contact out there. You can play with the broken collarbone in your ref. You just have to raise your arm. How like, do you- I mean, maybe it was his arm that he has to raise, and he's really fighting the pain. But like, let's not paint this guy to be some warrior. How like, did he? How did he do it? What do you mean? How did he break his collar? Did he just fall? Yeah, he ended up in the board somehow. I forget I forget how. He's probably in the wrong place at the wrong time because he's an idiot. Do you know about this guy? You're a Jets fan, right? Do you know the background on him? Yeah, I'm a big Jets guy. He's somewhat involved with the Jets. And how was how that? I, I, was waiting, <laughs> I was waiting for you to tell me about it. Yeah, so Brian Little. Brian Little, like, uh, basically got his back broken. I forget when that happened. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Brian, yeah, Brian Little broke his back and Laurent didn't call it. Yeah, and then on top of that, when uh, Winnipeg's coach went nuts. Oh, Paul Maurice? Thought, Paul Maurice? Yeah. Yeah, the nerd-looking guy. When the nerd went nuts, uh, Laurent started laughing in his face. So, like, Jets fans have a lot of hate for Laurent. I fucking hate that guy. Uh, yeah. You know, he's laughing in their face after a guy breaks their back. So, tough look. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, hey, like, Francois, Francois, who's laughing now? Because the Jets are going to win the fucking cup, and you broke your collarbone being a fucking referee, dude. How's that feel? <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah. Does that feel good? You still in your locker? Do I need to let you out of it? You fucking stupid ref. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, let's move it. Let's move it on. People forget that you are a ref, dude. Not anymore, dude. It, real, real awkward story. I went to that open skate today. When I got off the ice, some some fucking idiot put his bag next to my bag, so like I couldn't sit down right away. So I did the classic like. <sighs> And then the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. Come to find out he's the guy who runs all the refs, so it was pretty awkward. I I just wonder if you were still a ref, if you'd be like, oh, that would be really hard, man. Like, props to him. Like, this guy. Do you think guy, I would be like that? <laughs> I don't know. You were pretty into the strikes. Dude, no way, man. I, 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 If I broke my collarbone refing a fucking game, I would have gotten off the ice and just immediately started collecting workman's comp. Like, I'm not going to be doing, oh, 1948 of me in fucking excruciating pain. I'm going to the hospital and getting some drugs in me, dude. When People don't know this about Ked, but when, when he was a ref, when we would go to bars and the bouncer asked for his ID, that he would give them his USA uh, hockey record. That's not True story. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> Last segment, three stars. Let's go. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. All right, three stars of the week. It's only fitting. The three things to look forward to now that your team has been eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? 
Uh, we can rotate. Why don't you go first? Because this is a pretty fresh wound for me. Okay, so my third my third star of the week is the World Cup. The World Cup's going to be back on this summer. That's something I can totally get into. The last time the World Cup was on, Shakir was shaking her tits, uh, singing Waka Waka. That's an unreal that was, song. That was like eight years ago, dude. Yeah, I still remember, dude. I still play that all the goddamn time. Big. There was a there was a World Cup in between that. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's still it's still lingering there. A big big Waka Waka guy. This is probably Messi's last uh, World Cup. I know who that is, Lionel Messi. Tax evasion, him and his dad, balling. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, dude. The U.S. isn't in it, so I don't have to fucking go to Harvey's and pretend like I care and watch him get beat 20 to nothing. That's kind of nice. Uh, something I can get behind, because it's not something you see again every every single time. I, I don't really like soccer, even though that I'm also on an indoor soccer team. But it'll be fun to watch. Be you know, We'll, we'll make our bets. So my third star, World Cup. That's I don't I really don't know who I who are you gonna root for like I have country? no idea, dude. Honestly, the World Cup just brings back memories of us just getting fucked up every day and it being like sunny outside. So like I'm pumped up for the World Cup, dude. All right, all right. Uh, my third favorite thing to look forward to. This sucks. Like it's not much I'm looking forward to right now. Um, I don't know. Like probably. Probably in like two weeks. Once I get the courage, I'll go on YouTube and probably start watching game highlights. <laughs> uh, try try to enjoy the season again. Uh, I'll probably watch Game Seven from this year against the Lightning or the Leafs. Bring back some good memories. But these next two weeks are gonna be a dark hole. So that's my third star is just YouTube highlights. Okay, uh, my second star goes to free agent frenzy in the draft. Everybody knows Ked's probably the biggest free agent frenzy guy that there is. I love that shit. I love the NHL draft. It's interesting to see what the Rangers are going to do now. Kind of sucks if your team just got eliminated because, like, you don't really have that high of draft picks, and maybe you traded your first-round pick for Rick Nash. But, like, I'm pretty pumped about the free agent frenzy and um, the NHL draft, so that'd be my second star. Yeah, I can't say I'm that pumped for the draft, so. <laughs> my sec- I guess my second star is my team's eliminated now, so I'm just going to kind of try to enjoy hockey and watch watch all the teams more pick which games interest me not just save it all up for the Bruins game one night uh kind of just I, you look at everything kind of from a different perspective uh when your team's out of it so definitely be interested I think I'm going to try to focus on the Western Conference series but just kind of having that uh mentality there's no stress and it's just kind of like you're along for the ride all right yeah I mean to be completely honest with you, I've been really worried about the Bruins losing for the past like month because I, I figured when the Bruins lose, I'm just going to lose you until next season. But shout out to Hal for coming on the podcast and hopefully coming on the podcast until next year, even over the summer. Hopefully that works out. Um, no, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Pal. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I got a notification saying that the Bruins lost to the Lightning, so I immediately called Hal and Hal's phone was off, and I was just scrambling for about 45 minutes thinking like, Am I going to have to do a podcast by myself? And if I do, what will that sound like? So, um, shout out to Hal. First, first, <laughs> first star. It's got to go to summer hockey uh, in tournaments, man. There's nothing better than getting into a rink and walking outside the rink and it being like 80 degrees outside. Hanging with the boys. Hitting up your local bars, your outdoor bars like Peddlers after a big game. Going, going on tournaments, camping out, just getting fucked up, dude. Like, it, it's... It's just that I sound probably like such a fucking idiot right now, but it's 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 the best, man. There's nothing there's nothing better than going in the rink, and then like leaving the rink and being like, okay, it's time to get in one with the boys. So, 
uh, summer tournaments and just beer league hockey in general. I, I mean, that's when I really thrive. So that, that'd be my, uh, my first star. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll ride a couple waves, start getting back in the water. I'll be good. I will say this, um, Good thing about the team not being in the playoffs anymore. Maybe I'll be making some nicer dinners. You know, your team's in the playoffs. You get out of the office late. You know, you get some desk, some work put on your desk at 4.30. Now you're looking at 6 o'clock. You got a 30-minute commute home. Room start at 7. So you're running. I'm running home. I'm just trying to make anything as quickly as possible. It's not going to be great. You know, now I'm going to get home. You know, maybe I'll put a little extra TLC into it. You know, chop it up. Maybe mix some spices in. Uh, you know, be licking my fingers. I mean... Who knows? Before you know it, I could be a chef. So, so your, so your first star is quality of life. <laughs> My quality of life is definitely going to go up for sure. I mean, like, I in the last three weeks, I've been more dominoes than I have in the last year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, and you've been a part of that. I just a lot of dominoes. You were here for forty-eight hours. And we ended up being dominoes and Papa John's and Applebee's. Yeah, I almost got in a fight at Applebee's. So. I mean, I'm happy not to be going to those establishments for a couple of months. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I mean, I guess, man, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. It was actually Wait. oh, so who you got? So Jets, Winnipeg. You got the Jets winning. You got the pet. You got Pittsburgh coming back on the Capitals. Yep. And then I have the Knights. All right, we'll see. We next see. week, next week will be exciting. Next week, I'm pretty sure by Sunday, I we, would assume Saturday is probably the last day of the playoffs at the latest. If games go Game Seven, we should have Eastern Conference, Conference and Western Finals. Yeah, season. man. So that'll be good. Fuck yeah! You know the Jets will be there. So, um, all right, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys week in, week out. We've been getting more iTunes reviews. You know, Ked gets horny for iTunes reviews. I love that shit. Facebook reviews. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at morning underscore skate. Let's get a little bit more participation out of you fucks too. Like, let's start sending some quality Twitter questions, some voicemails without using the word Mark Stall. No offense, I appreciate Rick for calling in. I really you like I I like the fact that you called in. Just stay away from the Stall family, you know. Um. But yeah, and we will see you guys next week. Hal, anything else? Toodles. You looking, but you trying to act cool, right? Hey. You don't even really care what I do, right? Hey. Probably want to pick, probably want to, right? Hey. Pretty girls get ugly when the move, right? Little move, like, go ahead and let it go. Well, I don't mean to come across too sexual. Oh, oh, but that ass is epic, though. Titanic, saga, volcanic, hot lava. You burning up, I can serve it up like Luke, I am your father. Only if you wanna take a dip in each other's water. Take, take, take this bedroom and, and turn it into a song. I met a woman, she said, hey boy, you're drinking too fast, and we can take it slow.